Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. back another week another episode of since i talk hi before we get into today's episode we just want to remind you all that this is a safe space for you this is always going to be a safe space for you regardless of what is going on in the world right now yeah we've got a platform here and, and i know that we tend not to get political but i do know for a fact that as a it's under attack right now but yes they don't have any type of communication to the world right now. They don't have it. They have zilch. Not, not just no communication. They have zilch. Yeah. And, well, and also on social media, there is a video going around. This is a message to the blog Gaza. Gaza. Knowing damn well that those people are not going to be able to see it because those people cannot go to social media because there's no connection. And I'm especially worried because I know there's people from my country there. And I know that my country was not able to bring all of them here. And I know that they don't have a lot of water and I know they don't have a lot of food. I think we're all seeing a genocide happening right now. And there's nothing going on. Not all the world leaders are like, they're not doing anything. The only person that I'm seeing that is speaking out is the Queen of Jordan. Not always people from her country are losing their lives, but also countless us children and women are dying still is it really worth it is it really worth it to take a side when there's too many casualties and there's so much going on and a lot of the news places this is one of the things that you have to be very careful which news sources you look at because with every news especially here in america is only reporting on one side only yeah a lot of news stations are taking one side this whole conversation and celebrities are taking one side on um, celebrities are taking others and and people are calling for boycotts of everything and you know what a- i just want people to stop dying me too but it, it breaks my heart it's absolutely breaks my heart to see so many people dying it, it, i know it, it may sound redundant you know to, to hear me say this but I just want this to be over because you know what? I'm I'm done living through historical moments. I'm in my mid twenties and I've lived through so many things already. Like uh, it feels like just half an hour ago we were in a pandemic and now we are back to I mean it's certain conflicts when this happened in my childhood. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yep, and so many people who did not learn from World War Two stuff. Yeah, you know what? Look, I just want to say something. Yeah, but if you believe in Jesus, he came to Earth 2,000 years ago. He was born 2,000 years ago. Israel, from his time, is not the same Israel from now. Okay, because the Israel that exists today is the Israel that was divided after World War II. It's literally as simple as that. And the Israel that was divided after World War II was divided by the, the people that won the war after World War II. But there are so many videos on social media explaining why people, why 
they hate Arabic people so much, including like making hand signs of like, hey, you, we're going to kill you and stuff like that. And it absolutely kills me. I'm going to put a lesson here because last week in the breakdown that we did in Skull Tags, Grissom says that he had to be the voice, the, the CSIs are the voice to the voiceless. And he, you know, he had to literally stand up for the, for the guy that couldn't do it anymore. And that's exactly, and like, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. How would you feel if somebody broke into your house, accused you of being a terrorist, and then killed someone you love in front of you? Because that's exactly what is happening to people who are, who are Muslims or people who are Arab. That, that is what is happening. This is the type of hate crimes that are happening. Hate crimes has been skyrocketing all across the globe, not only in America, not only in Europe, you know, all across the globe. It has been skyrocketing. Just like, so I just saw one of my friends post, but just today, there was a shooting at a synagogue. In the, in the synagogue. Okay, so then people in a, are... And in a small section of, like, she can't get to work right now because of it, which, yeah, she's also Jewish. She's discovering more of a Jewish faith, and there's a shooting at a synagogue. No, I was talking to the friend last night. We were talking about Loki, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just on Twitter." And he was like looking at the tweets, you know, people tweeting about the show, and he's like, "I cannot take news about the war anymore." And I'm like, "I tend to train my my Twitter to only give me stuff on Taylor Swift and Loki because I looks I cannot look at news about the war anymore because it, it makes me really anxious." I know that they have no, I know that people like guys, I have no more contact with the outside world because I've saw it on Tumblr. I, I've trained my Twitter to only do stuff about the strike and, and Dr. Who. And the strike, yeah. If, the, if there is no resolution by probably the time this episode is released, yeah. I mean, there'll be no sense, you know. Sorry, we're not, I am going to release it. Gonna be. And Carl, there's actually more detail that oh. I was getting into. If there is no resolution by the end of the time this probably by the time this episode is released, there'll be no shows at all for this 2023-2024 season. No shows. No new shows. No Grey's Anatomy. No no, no on orders. Well, right without the, the actors. There's literally no show without the writers and the actors, there's no show. They have the writers, right? What's just the writers? Without the, the actors, there is no shows. The writers are only half of it. They're probably not going to get her to an agreement, which means that we're not going to get her until at least the summer, right? Fall. Yeah, fall. Which means that, yeah, by the No time. shows this year means no shows this year. And that includes movies that were not finished shooting would be pushed back or postponed for a little while or postponed indefinitely. So many shows already being canceled because of the strike. Yeah, but, you know, I think... That our show is not going to get down. So you know what I think? And know for a fact that some some episodes were written. Sorry, there's a, there's a lot of good numbers on streaming platforms for CSI. And CSI Vegas, the rights of the first season of CSI Vegas were sold to South America this year. Last year, they were sold for Europe and Asia. I'm guessing that they're still going to do season three. But it's going to take a while to get there. I'm trying to stay positive here and... I'm looking at the numbers, and the numbers are good. I think we're gonna we're gonna get us to the three. It's gonna take a lot longer than we thought. 
Yeah. Well, I was saying nothing this year to be at the very beginning of the strike. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be. I thought we we're gonna be breaking down trailers by January. And, like, could I just look at some of the strikes that have been happening for the past couple of years and compare it to that? Like, I looked at the, te- the teacher strikes happening every year here, but I also looked at the one that happened in my state a couple of years ago. It took them until November to get back to school. And this was, te- a lot of teachers I knew, and they say they miss being classes, but they deserve the pay. I was looking at it from the angle of people who I personally know who've been on strikes. Well, not just, this is what I'm studying, this is from. Yeah, I think they are, I think we're going to get season three. It's going to take longer than we thought it would. We will. We're going to take all of it. But, so today, what episode are we covering today? We're covering an episode that is pretty controversial on this day and age. Because this would not happen today. In a way, we kind of got, got a nailster to it in CSI Vegas. So the episode that we're covering is called A Bullet Runs Through It. And the number of the episode is, it's from season six. It's episode seven. The official synopsis of the episode is, the team must process a whole neighborhood when the shootout between the LBPD and the local gang ends with intense fatalities on both sides. And as a result of a number of miss, the residents become increasingly hostile towards the police. Even more so when an innocent boy is shot in the streets and the police are blanked. We've got a lot of victims here. The victims, they're dead. They're called Daniel Bell, Luce Davis, Salvador Lozario. And we still got a, a victim there's alive, Geraldo. I'm not saying their names with an accent because uh, I, I wouldn't speak those names with an accent because those names are quite common where I live. Because that shootout happens in the Mexican area of Las Vegas. So everyone is in this case. It's a shootout, okay? Everyone's fully a triple. And poor Greg, he had just made TSI. Grissom was going to put him to collect the show. <laughs> Usually the episodes begin with somebody finding the body, breasts, welcoming the CSI to the scene, and then explaining, like, this is what happened. And then they going over the body, and then Grissom saying his one liner. But this time, we're just going in for all because Brad and Sophia, they are in the car chase with other police cruisers. And the car they're chasing, it has four suspects. They are going through a section of Las Vegas that I don't think we've seen before on the show. The suspects are firing with automatic weapons until their car overturns because the car is going too fast and then it overturns. The police stops and the suspects get out of their car. And they continued to fire at the police. And Sergeants Adams, Terrell, and Officers Bell and Davis, they were the originals, cops they were chasing those criminals. They are returning the fires with Sophia and Brass, but then Bell, Officer Bell, is shot in the back. Even though he is wounded, the order is to continue to pursue the suspects. They call for help and then they go and continue to pursue the suspects. They use this opportunity, this moment of distraction, to continue to flee, actually. They use this opportunity to run away from the scene. Sergeant Carroll and Officer Davis, they start to go after the suspects with Sophia and Brass going with them. Adams, though, Sergeant Adams, stays with Bell. Sophia managed to shoot one of the suspects in the leg after securing him. Officer Davis runs out of ammunition, and suspect is aiming a gun at him. Sophia shoots the suspects. And Officer Davis picks up the gun to secure the weapon instead of taking it. 
and Sophia tells him to drop the weapon, which gives the impression to someone that is looking at the window that Officer Davis actually planted a weapon instead of securing. Brass catches up to Officer Carroll and sees that he is with another suspect that seems like has no gun because he's putting his hands in the air. It seems like he's surrendering. But when there's a noise behind him, Carol turns around. And when he goes back to the suspect, he now has a gun. And Carol fires three shots into the suspect's chest and kills him. Right, so this is very intense. A lot of things happened here. Yep. So what happened? Officer Bell was shot and he was taken to the hospital. The suspect that Sophia Abraham did appeared to happen to have surrendered, but he didn't surrender. And it appeared that he surrendered because bystander thought he was. The CSIs arrived at the scenes. Three of their suspects, he said, uh, when they arrived, and Officer Bell was DOA. DOA is being dead on arrival. He arrives at the hospital, but he was already dead. Okay, let's just get yeah, one beach right here. When the paramedics are called to, to a situation like this, shows like this, leaders to believe that paramedics would first attend to police officers, then the criminals. This doesn't happen like this. Paramedics have to attend to the victims there have more serious injuries. It doesn't matter if it's a cop or a criminal. They have to take care of the, of the victim that has more serious injuries. They find out that a few blocks away, officers they find a teenager that was gravely wounded because he was shot in the back. His bike was missing. And Detective Vega, remember him? He's on the case now. He realizes that it's not one of the shooters, but it was four suspects that managed to run away. Grissom is quick to divide everyone in the scene because it's a huge scene. So, but Catherine decides to go back to the brain things to question Brad and Sophia. At first, when I saw this, I was like, oh, but aren't they going to let Sophia and Brad like, take a break or have a coffee or something like that? No. It's better if they question Brad and Sophia right away, even though they're probably in shock. It's better if they question them right now, even though they're going to get their facts mixed up. Their crime scene is gigantic, but as it happens in every crime scene that they have, members of the community starts to gather around to watch all the proceedings. And it's a common factor that happens because it, it dates back to the Middle Ages. People would gather around to watch people die on public executions. And some taverns would even have execution breakfast to, to let their customers watch people getting executed. Grissom tells Greg, who's at UCSI, to collect all the shell cases. And Greg is like, it's going to take me the entire day. Is anybody going to help me? And Grissom's like, no. No, but it's going to help you. You're on your own, kid. Literally, it was like, you're on your own, kid. You always have been. Poor Greg. He's going to have to, to collect all the shell casings from the entire chase. From, from the entire chase. We don't even know where the chase began. He's going to have to collect all the big shell casings. And he doesn't yep. even know if the shell casings belong to, to the chase or not. He's just going to keep collecting them. So and my dude, why he complains, he still does it. Well, I mean, poor Greg. Poor Greg. My dude, he is barely a CSI. We've talked about it when we, when we broke his character down last year. But he became a CSI and so many things happened in the span of like three years. A lot of things happened to him and his friends. My boy didn't have a break. Anyways, Grissom, he has to bag a gun from the suspect Carol and Brass had pursued. And 
he sees a man and a woman watching from the window. That is important. Back at the station, McKean, I really hate this guy. He doesn't. You know what? Oh. I'm going to say that Nick should have taken the shot and killed McKean. No, because then he would have been arrested. What if Rad a cover for him? Yeah, it's harder to cover when there's a bullet from that trajectory. I know, but like, <sighs> but what if? Oh, he had gloves. He could have. He could have shot McKean with the gloves. No, but the bullet hole. Because McKean was laying face down. I mean, face up to, to Nick. Up. Yeah, okay. But there, there, are, there, there are other ways to kill him without bullets. He, he could have uh, strangled him. Nick could have strangled him. That will still leave glove marks. And not enough time. Because they, they will not fall behind him. Okay, Nick was the same time. I'm pretty sure he would have. He probably. And remember, when he did shoot, he missed on purpose. But you he. Know. Yeah, I they know. They were like 30 seconds away. Not enough time to kill. You know what? I just... Uh, I just think it would have been like Ray... I just think it would have been perfect if they would have taken the shot because we see McKean coming back in the DB era in literally turning the, the team upside down because he almost... Sarah's just basically saying, I'm your sister. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, even though that man does something unforgivable later. Why am I saying this? Because I've been realizing that I've been really attracted to Nick. You know, I was going to tell you that I'm like, why suddenly I'm attracted to Nick again? Just with Forget Me Not on your stop. You know, that's the thing. I'm pretty sure I've watched Forget Me Not like three times already on the event because of the marathon and I'm still attracted to, to this damn year. But anyways, I think he should have taken a shot. But he threw up a shot. He threw away his shot. Okay, but didn't like, like, oh, come on, you don't get the reference? Okay, Gilgris, and we get it. I'm not going away my shot. I'm not the way my shot. Yo, I'm talking hungry. I'm... Yeah, okay, so he's a CSI. Don't you think, like, everyone in the team that was a CSI thought about the perfect murder? Maybe Grissom has. But no, Grissom, Grissom would not cover. Grissom would not cover. I mean, they did cover for Ray, though. But Grissom was not there. Grissom wasn't there. I wish Grissom was there. He would not have covered. Like, with how much she struggled with everything with Warwick. After what had happened to her. I mean, you know what? You know, that, that's a good thing. That's a good point. After what happened to, to Warwick, it feels like they are going backwards to cover for Ray. Except for Sarah. Sarah to be convinced to cover for Ray. She's the one who wanted to go look for the horse inside the case. Yeah, I don't think she would have covered for him. Ever since the first time I saw the episode, I don't think he, she would have wanted to cover for him. Catherine was a bit of, she was like, did he do it? Did he not do it? Like, where are the clubs? I don't know where the clubs are. I think maybe after Brad retired, he probably, you know, Invited Catherine over, or maybe after Catherine also retired from the FBI, they probably went out for drinks, and he's like, oh, remember Nate Haskell? And Catherine's like, yeah. Yeah, remember when you asked me about the cuffs? Yeah. Yeah, I hit him. And then I, and then I gave Ray my, my other cuffs. Honestly, they should have been a better IEB investigation after all of that. Yeah. You really think that this is the lab we're talking about? This is no lab we're talking about. They have no security or whatsoever. This is how Anson Wick was able to steal so many evidence for years and pin Hodges against the wall and give him 12 pills of falsifying evidence. This is the lab we're talking about. There's no, absolutely no security inside that, that lab. There, I I, they should have investigated Ray better with IEB and the team better. IEB is the internal, internal affairs. Yeah, I with Apple Ward. If they cannot keep their own evidence safe. Do you really think they would do a good IEP job? IEP separate section. Yeah, I know, but if they cannot keep their evidence safe, do you think they were going to 
do a good job of doing an internal investigation. That's a totally different part of the department, though. IEB had no control over evidence from past cases. Well, IEB almost thought work. Remember that. And Walker was innocent. Yeah, you're right. They should have done a better job. And also, they put Ackley on the case. And we know Ackley is not a very good CSI. Like Rizzo said, Ackley already has the results. He just signs his way to, to the results. So, uh, Joaquin tells Brad that he did a good job. But Brad is feeling really bad for Bell's death because he didn't know who took the shot. At this point, everyone thinks that Bell died because of the actions of the criminals. He is sitting with Sophia before being called in, and Sophia's like, we shouldn't be sitting down together because we shouldn't talk, which is true. When, it, when it's an officer-involved shooting, and they're like, the yeah, that's the rule. They shouldn't talk. Internal affairs detective, Mr. Ortega, I don't really like that guy either. He, I don't think anyone likes people from the IA, IAB. Nobody likes those people. So Catherine is there as well. What is it that make Bress and, and Sophia feel a little bit better that Catherine is there? So Catherine's there and they are both there to take a Bress statement. And Catherine collects his gun. And there's not a, a lot of bullets left on his gun. So he used most of them to, I think there's like only one less on the inside the gun. Bress starts to tell them that he and Sophia close the case. Nope. They, they weren't having breakfast, and they heard on the broadcast that there was a chase going on, so they decided to throw the breakfast out and help on the chase. Okay, so immediately, they chose to help. They, they, they were not obliged to do it, but they were close by, so naturally, they were like, okay, let's go help. Brad says that he can't remember seeing the specific shot that hit the driver, but he does know that Carol and Davis were the ones that were pursuing the two suspects who were running away from the scene. Next day, he knows it's home, th that the bell is going down. So, Brass runs after Carol. But he's like, my age just slowed me down and I couldn't go fast enough. By the time he arrived, Carol had already fired on the suspect when he had already fired on the suspect. Okay. Brass says that he doesn't remember firing his gun. But there's only one, sh one live round inside his chamber. So, Ortega says that Bress was entering a gunsight without any ammo. Look, my dude, my guy, Bress, he was there to help people out. There was no way that he knew that out of the blue, the two suspects that he was chasing would multiply into, into four or six. Even though one of them turned out not to be? Yeah. Like, there was absolutely no way. Back in the scene, Everyone that is around the crime scene, they're just screaming at the police, saying bad things about the police, you know. Which is kind of expected, because the police doesn't have a good relationship with the community. One thing that is for sure, everyone thinks that the police was the one that was responsible for shooting the kid, the kid is in the hospital. They think that the police was the one that shot the kid. Next, trying to shoot them to see if they noticed anything, but, but nobody saw anything. Of course, they didn't. We go to Grissom, and, and he's in the alley where Sarah shot the suspect, and he found three cartridge cases, and they all come from Carol's gun. I think they should have been rag drop, right? <laughs> because he was the one that should have gathered all those cases. But anyways, the suspect gun was empty. Grissom asked Vartan, why didn't he drop the gun to avoid getting shot at? Because if he had a gun, 
he could just surrender and he wouldn't get shot. But Boratan was like, well, maybe he didn't even notice he was out of bullets. And because this was, this was a chance and probably adrenaline was going on an all-time high, Boratan actually proposes a good theory because maybe the, the suspect didn't even know that he was out of ammo. Sarah, she's pulling bullets out of a woman's house. And this woman is trying to speak to her in the Spanish. And she tells her daughter to speak to her. And her daughter tells Sarah, she just wants to know why this happened here. And Sarah's like, tell your mother that I'm trying to find that out. Poor, poor Bobby. Do you remember him, Bobby Dawson? The, the guy that, that runs the, the guns, a locker in the lab? It's not a field day because... There's a lot of guns and shell cases for him to analyze here. Bobby and Hodges, they are going over one of the suspect's guns. Nick is processing one of the car for prints. Everyone is hating the police department right now. The police department is on the, is on their hate era right now because the father of the kid that was shot thinks that his kid was shot by the police. And he's telling all of the media that his kid was shot by the police. And Inside the police station, one of the officers says something like, everyone is only caring about this kid, but nobody cares that one of us died. Like, dude, I'm pretty sure everybody would care that, that one of you died, but, like, there's a kid inside the hospital. Like, between, like, that a kid, I think people would be a lot more worried for a kid than a, than a guy, right? Actually, the CSI need the bullet that inside a kid, and the... Initially, the father won't let the doctors remove the, the bullet from the kid, but the doctors are like, we, we need to do it because it's procedure. It's actually procedure uh, all across the globe, actually. When there is a victim that has been shot, hospitals, they, they are legally required by law. They're required by law to take a bullet out if they can and hand, hand it over to the police. So it, it was not even a decision that the father had to make. If you're wondering how, because they never actually explained it in the episode, how the CSIs get the bullet from the kid, the hospital is required by law to give the bullet to law enforcement in cases where the victims have been shot. Warwick is still on the scene. It's a huge scene, everyone. That's why they're still on the scene. Warwick is at the scene. Mother, the mother of one of the, the victims, she crosses the police state and she goes at Warwick and complains about police brutality. You know, she touches Warwick and she's like, this is police brutality. And then her son tries to grab her out of him and they both get arrested. This scene really bothered me. I know tensions would be high in a case like this, but like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just so, this episode is good, but this episode actually, this episode wouldn't happen on this day and age. No. Because people would know better than come at a police officer complain about police brutality. Touches. Well, well, I mean, people would definitely do that. But, like, this thing bothers me because why would it have to be Warwick? Did it have to be Warwick? Did it have to be the, the only person of color in the entire crime scene investigators? Could it not have been Nick or Greg or Sarah? It had to be Warwick. You know, you know what I mean? I kind of feel like they had to make a point to... It kind of feel like the point had to be made to put, like, Warwick, that person that is representing another minority, and complain about police brutality because, in that case, Warwick was representing the state, the state that actually oppresses that minority. 
Well, anyway, so now it's time for Sofia to go to the question. Sofia tells Catherine and Ortega that she and Brad, they were indeed having breakfast, and then they chose to help in the pursuit, right? They were standing behind Officer Bell, and she also remembers that he took a shot to the torso, which was fought by his vest, by his vest which would later be confirmed by autopsy that he not only took a shot in his neck, but also to his vest. He took two shots. And Adams told her that he would take care of Bell. Sophia decided to go after the suspects because originally Sophia would stay behind to take care of Bell. But Adams told her to go after the suspects. She tells Ortega that she did fire at one of the suspects when she came to him because he was pointing the gun at Officer Davis. Officer Davis did, did touch the suspect's gun. Remember when I said that he tried to get the gun away from the suspects instead of taking it? He touched the gun with his hands, but she tells Ortega that Officer Davis was just acting on survival instincts. And but Ortega disagrees. Sophia would say that because I think Ortega for, forgot that before being a detective, Sophia was a CSI. So she would understand that. She would understand that that would be survival instincts. I think Catherine. The prince that Nick found on the car comes back to Joseph Fausto. But word on the street is that the police shot two unarmed men and a teenage boy. One witness saw an officer plant a gun on a suspect. And another witness says that the suspected officer Carroll shot at had his hand in the air. Every suspect that they had had a long rapture, like really long for lots of crime because, and they also were part of a gang. And to top it off, they were driving a stolen car. But the family of one of the suspects decides to sue the department for wrongful death, even though they were criminals. They have rights. It was one of their rights to, to sue the department for wrongful death. It, so an autopsy, also known as my favorite sequences of CSI, Doc Robbins pulls a bullet from the leg of Leandro Chavez, and he realizes that COD was because he bled out on scene. Since nobody called the paramedics, he concludes that that death was very much preventable. It was avoidable. That man could have been alive. And that's exactly what he tells Grissom, who tells the, the sheriff, who gets really mad at the officer who refused to call for help. This is the first thing that they find out that goes against their beliefs that the police was right. Because at this point, everybody thought, even though the, like, they were kind of getting ahead of the evidence here, because they thought that the criminals were wrong, and they were right. The police, the CFI, they were all right, and the criminals were wrong. And then Doc Robbins comes in and says, yeah, one of the suspects he was shot at in COD was because he bled out, but he could have been alive had someone called for an ambulance. And now the police is like, what? Catherine, she goes over the 911 calls and she finds out that they all came in when the chase began because the officers were pulling over a Buick when the suspect's car came in. And now they switch for shoes because originally the chase was for a Buick and then they were now chasing the stolen car. And nobody knows whatever happened to the Buick. Grayson decides to see what, 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 what's up with Greg, who was very much cranky. And uh, very much ranking that he's still chasing bullets, and he's not even in the in, in the half of it. Poor guy. I hope he put a lot of sunscreen to take all that heat in the sun. 
And then even like as Brisson, like, am I on overtime? Am I gonna get money for this? And then and Grissom's like, Greg, we're all in overtime. <laughs> yep. Grissom ends up finding a hubcat from a Buick, which would be unusual for a rundown neighborhood. Grissom tells Greg that there is a freeway on a ramp two blocks away. Grissom's like, Greg, since you're still you still have work to do on the shell casings. How about you go and get uh, the footage from the tra- traffic cameras as well? You know, get the showcases and also get me the footage. <laughs> this was seaside hazing. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. poor guy was just by level one. And he was doing so much. You know what? I'm sorry. You know, one thing that we're never going to see in CSI is Grissom doing the hard work. Because Grissom is never going to do the hard work. Warren is processing the gun from Salvador Rosario, which is the suspect that Sofia and Davis went after. And he finds out that a bullet was shot in the gun. So a, a bullet went into the gun and it kind of exploded inside the gun, which made the gun essentially useless. And the bullet came from Davis's gun, which proves that Salvador was actually pointed the gun at the officer. Okay. But they have to put the gun in Salvador's hands. Warwick has this idea that if he processes Salvador's hands with his liquid and the mark appears, it means that he was actually in fact holding a gun. Okay. Catherine, she pulls a bullet. We hit an hour. Catherine, she is able to get a bullet out of Bell's vest, which proves that Sophia was right when she said that she saw Bell's vest get hit with a gun. But when Grissom arrived in autopsy, Doc Robbins did the autopsy for Bell. Doc Robbins tells Grissom that the shot that killed Bell went through his neck from the left to the right and from the and from the back. You know, went from the back, from the left to the right, which means that it came from the direction that the that the officers were firing from. It means that Bell was killed by friendly fire, and Grissom is like not so friendly. Might do it just gonna pull a one line or even in times like this. Anyways, the Warwick's Cavalier, Cavalier, do you all remember him? Yeah, he, he, he's a triple, a quadruple, whatever. They're going to put all of the detectives they have are working on this one case. And they are able to trace, or you say, you know, the, the suspect they got away to a motel. They're able to, to trace him because I think it was Martin, maybe? I'm not sure, that trace a guy that was a drug dealer, and the drug dealer told him that if he got his sentence reduced, he would tell him where to find him. Anyway, so they find him. They got the sex worker out of the, the way. And inside the hotel room, they find a 9mm gun. And the bike that the boy that was shot was riding, which means that she was shot the kids to steal his bike to run away. They arrest him. But when they are taking him to the car to go back to the station, he gets a shot at. He gets shot at. Right in the chest, in front of the CSIs. And then, like, the camera hits out and then, like, goes in into Warwick. And we're like, where did they come from? Yeah, where did they come from? We're going to find out next week. We killed him. Yeah. This, this, you know what, this episode, this whole storyline that Bullet runs through, it's going to chase Raz, actually. It's going to chase Raz for a while. Because we broke down the episode, like, I think two, two episodes ago, that episode in which last episode. Yeah, it was not episode two weeks but, two weeks ago. Anyways, was an episode in which Tim Crew joined the CSI on the investigation. I like to watch. It was the I like to watch episode. 
Anyways, and they questioned Brass about this very case. Brass only gets in the good gracious of the department again after he risks his life to face a victim. And it's, it's really upsetting, you know, that they did that to my boy. Season 5 was Nick's season, season 6 was Brass season, season 7 was Sarah, season 8 was Warwick, season 9 was Rizm. Should I go on? No. No? It's really upsetting what they did. It's upsetting because he did nothing. And then they almost got him killed. Well, killed to do nothing, but, you know, this is drama. Well, I know, but anyways, it's just really upsetting to see that. I would have very much liked to see how they would do an episode like this. You know what? Let me see how they're going to handle, like, the whole Folsom thing. You know, the whole Folsom. I'm a Folsom apologist above everything else. So, let me see how they're going to prove it that Folsom didn't do it. Let me see how, how they're going to prove it that he didn't do it. Let me see them, them processing the evidence and then they, he didn't do it because... Oh, I still want to do a quote from one of my favorite Christmas movies. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, I, I think he didn't do it. He's a CSI. You know what? These people, do. you really think CSIs haven't thought about the best way to commit a murderer and not be caught? Oh, come on. Who, who hasn't? No, we're talking about CSIs here. They know science. They know how, how things work. They know how the legal system works. I even think, like, there's a fake out there about Grissom being... There is. Yeah, about Grissom being, uh, like, kind of like a Batman thing, but, like, killing people instead. Batman, you know, and... I think that one was deleted. Okay. I think so. Well, that used to be a fanfic of Grissom. If it is, guys, just tag it in the comments. Or if you don't know what we're talking about. Anyways, that used to be a fake. Like, when Grissom couldn't, even though they had... There may be a fake. It may or may not still be in existence. Yeah, there may or may not be a fake of Grissom when they could and when the team could not, even the, the case would go to the court and, and the team could not prove to the judge and jury that in the guilty party committed a crime. She would plan a way to kill the person and not get caught because it was a suicide. I mean, it's a fun way to explore that, to explore this. And I don't think Grissom would do this because he's a mama's boy. But I really think that all the TSIs have probably thought of killing someone and not get caught. I mean, especially Sarah. I think my girl would have not thought about the perfect murder and not get caught. Nah, seriously. We're talking about Sarah's side over here. Yes, I'm talking about you for me not. Yeah, guys, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter, but Brie over here. You'll miss me to cover that episode. Every minute of it, I'm gonna suffer through it. I'm gonna cry. I'm dying. Hey, I hate that episode too. But if we want to be around a podcast, we have the good and the bad and the ugly. Also, we're gonna do a future episode covering Max Taylor. Max Taylor from CF New York. I've got some some opinions about that guy. Okay. Well, anyways, so this was it for this week's episode of CSI Talk, guys. Yep. We, we love you so so much. I hope you're safe, okay? Stay safe. Bye. Bye.